I'm Ryan, the other guy's Jordan, and this is Two Angles on Angling. another episode of two angles on angling this is jordan with my co-host Ryan, guys what's up i did not get out on the water this week at all um or not many really, did or really in the woods so mm-hmm. i don't have a whole lot uh from the past week to go into besides a, a few things got some lures poured uh which i ha- i haven't done in a while and i've been prepping for the niagara Falls show coming up in february the 15th through the 18th um, JDO Lurica will have a booth there nice. selling premium weights and jig heads, hats, <laughs> shirts, stickers. <clears throat> so I'm getting prepared for that and taking these days off that I have to, to work on that and, you know, get everything all situated and set up for the show and soon plan the seminars and get, get into the rhythm of that. But uh, something else I've been working on this week and you and I have been bouncing back and forth on as well is making more of a <clears throat> regimented format for two angles on angling and cycling through a series of different topics. We're working on that list now. Uh, and once we get this all solidified, uh, we'll, we'll share it with you guys as well. Um, as we go along, but It'll just help so that, you know, we're not maybe continuously touching on the same subject too often. And then we're also getting a good variety in there and uh, making sure we're getting in all the different areas that we're we're passionate about talking about uh, beyond just fishing as well. So, yep. yeah, yeah, there's like certain times a year, like every time that there's a, a pretty, you know, definitive change in pattern of life, you know, like from the seasons, you know, whether it's stuff like that, that'll prompt, you know, some series of discussions, you know, so some of the stuff that we talk about will be, you know, year after year, we'll talk about them at the, at around the same time with a a fresh take on it, you know, like, so we're, we're getting ready to move into winter here. So we'll have a winter discussion, you know, then we'll do one in the spring, one in the summer, et cetera, et cetera. There'll be some, so some seasonal type of stuff and then some that are, deeper focused on the general themes that always pop up when we talk, except we'll, we'll, you know, provide a little more clarity about where we're going there. And yeah, we got a lot of cool ideas. So it's adding structure, keeping, uh, keeping the discussion rich and making it easier to prepare for it instead of just giving you a fishing report. So, yeah, exactly. But, uh, cool. So, So I guess some, some observations, uh, from the, the week I was down in Pennsylvania this weekend on the drive home. I saw a bald eagle, which was awesome. You're in bald eagles, man. Man, they're, oh, I don't, you I don't get, know what you it see is. Him. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, also, I found, I'm not, I'm not yet sure what bird it belongs to, but um, in the top of these spruce trees, I think they are, they're pretty dead. 
um, there's this nest and it's pretty massive. It's not giant timber though, but it's big-ish sticks. Um, and I'm trying to, every time I'm down hmm. there now, I'm going to try and see, see what it is, uh, what's living in, what's living there. But yeah, I guess that's really the only observation, uh, from the land I've had besides it's, you know, obviously darker earlier. Uh, we've been getting rain. Yeah, I mean, there was really not much reason to, it would have been painful to be outside most, like snow, just about every day cold this yeah. week. Between rain, we got it all. cold, snow, um, huge wind, like, yeah, there was just not, I didn't fish for the first five, Monday through Friday, I didn't fish because it was really jacked up the front part of the week with wind and, I mean, it's the first blowout that we've had and think about that dude like it's december yeah officially yeah and yeah. it's the first blowout that we've had since in you know like late spring so we haven't had a blowout yeah. since like in late spring this year very um, long stretch of stability yeah like we it's been a you know from when I say a blowout, I'm talking about like nasty water clarity and just you know conditions so adverse yeah. that that just don't even warrant fishing. And that was the first five days of this week for sure. But then things cleared up real fast. I fished yesterday and I fished today. And um, what I can say about that is uh, we had awesome action yesterday with you know some pretty you know decently stained water and today we had action but a little bit less um there are more boats out today too i think a lot of people thought yesterday it was still going to be jacked up and very few guys fished yesterday and we just we did really really well because uh, there was there was barely anybody out um but even yesterday was windy like north you know east winds and uh it was cold and it was raining the whole time. And it, that, that was like on and off today too. But um, yeah, the there's still fish spawning. Like every once in a while, you'll catch a loose female and she'll dump some eggs. But the overwhelming majority of the fish, the Lakers and the Browns are like snakes now. You know, they're, uh, they're just, they're lean. Uh, they've been in the system for a while. The females are deflated after dumping all their eggs, and they're just lean and snaky because they, it, you know, it's a stressful month for yeah. them. So they're uh, those fish are uh, starting. They're you know, we're, so we're catching drop back lakers, and then uh, really good numbers of steelhead, some really nice ones too. Uh, and the, but the browns are are fairly uh, fairly deflated as well. I mean, good size, but they're there are a lot of the male, the bucks are are beat up from either being caught or from fighting during the spawn or whatever. But we caught some, you know, really nice fish this week. But <clears throat> the other thing that I noticed is uh, there is a period there of like two weeks when you fish, if you were fishing for brown trout, that if you weren't fishing like a chartreuse bead or brown trout eggs that like sacked up, you just weren't going to catch them. Like, I mean, you might catch one every once in a while, but mm -hmm. if you used a bead or a bag and drifted through there, like you would get bit every single drift, you know? Um, 
Now, I'm sure beads would still work, but I pulled bait through there instead. Mm. And it was like multiple hookups every drift on bait, where, whereas before I could pull bait through there and not catch anything, except for maybe a smallmouth here and there, which, look, I'm, I'm a big fan of. But I also want to get like as many different species as I can down there. And yeah. the only thing that you would catch would be smallmouth on bait. So... The bottom line is, yeah, the spawn is pretty much done. You could still, I mean, it's winding down. You could still get away with using beads and you'll catch fish for sure. But that's not going to last too much longer. You know, like, uh, I think if you're going to go out targeting anything now, um, something in a bait fish pattern will, like, from little three and a half inch flatworms on a drop shot to swim baits to buck to jdo bucktails you know like any, uh, pretty much anything that the jdo lure company uh pours and makes is optimal for this time of year water temperature is 45 now heavyweights yeah you know, they're uh you could do real well on all like all of that kind of uh hardware soft plastic stuff or mm -hmm. blade baits too even um will all be would all crush right now but i got it like there's a lot of emeralds in the marinas and i just i just went and took one scoop and i have hundreds of them plus i i bought some goldens and um so i, I just like to keep just in case mm -hmm. um i like to keep that stuff in there just because with, with clients in particular like if you got people that don't fish all that often and uh to give them hardware like blade baits and swim baits like you're going to lose a bunch of them in a day. And I'm just not a huge fan of depositing that number of it. it part of it's a money thing, but the other part is like, it's like littering, you know, like mm -hmm. you're leaving stuff down there a lot, you know, like you're just hanging up blade baits everywhere. And it's like, that only comes out with, you know, when you're fishing with guys that, that really know what they're doing. Yeah. But you know, the, the surprising thing is like, guys that really know what they're doing you just have them fish live bait and you have it do it have them do it really well like they don't want to go back to fishing the soft plastic afterwards but it, it will get to the point here like i'm definitely um you know gonna start spreading out because i fished the lower the last couple of days because there were just you know there was uh both clients were were new down there and they wanted to, to do it so but this upcoming week looks like we're gonna have a lot of stability um, you know, Monday and it looks a little bit windy, but it's going to calm down and it looks fairly stable. Like, I think I'm going to spend at least one, if not two days out on Erie this upcoming week, uh, just targeting smallmouth and walleyes. Um, oh, yeah. but I think the, the situation in the lower is changing. I think the Lakers, that Laker bite that everybody was so excited about and they can just go through and just pound over and over and over again, that's like winding down. It's like mm. it, that, that ain't a thing anymore. It's, it's still good. You can still go in there and catch Lakers there, but there's more, way more steelhead around. Brown trout patterns changed a little bit, and it's just going to keep changing. I think more and more fish will end up making their way out to the bar, and the bar is going to become an increasingly... Uh, viable place to fish out there and then i by next weekend i'll be able to report something you know about lake erie and what's going on on the smallmouth side there awesome so 
Another observation uh, just came back to mind. Uh, I was on a walk with my brother this weekend, and we stumbled upon probably 20 turkeys. Really? Yeah, it was awesome. It's a big group. Yeah. This is down in PA, too? Yeah, yeah. It was all, It was super awesome. Uh, Tom in the back, you know, like whatever, two-inch uh, beard on it. Hmm. And we got up, and we got decently, you know, close. Uh, and then they all took off into the trees and stuff, which was awesome to see that many take off at once. Hmm. It was That'd crazy. be loud, too. It was. It was. It super was. And they were all doing calls and stuff as it, hmm. it was. Yeah, that's that's the only. Oh, is, I wonder if that's really. just like the north, because I don't know anything about turkeys. Like, I wonder. Uh, if I don't really know much about them at all either. This is all. Uh, I, I wonder if that's just the normal pattern of life in the, in like the cold weather months. If they just get really concentrated, yeah. it's just I don't know if it's for warmth or what, but it's interesting. That hmm. would make sense. So. Uh, one of the, the topics that we agreed on today, once you, uh, or that we were talking about earlier, is, is adding to the docket is, uh, well, bring it in, buddy. Yeah, uh, gear and inventorying gear as well. Uh, so that's a theme we, I mean, we've been talking about it probably since almost the first episode, to be honest. Yep. Uh, and that's, you know, everything from rod, reel, line, lure to boots socks pants right. you know uh outerwear hats gloves stuff like that um boat trolling motor you know everything involved pretty much uh and just touching upon things like that and going in depth you know at different times right now it's december 3rd yeah december 3rd and it's been cold at times but yep. it hasn't been cold consistently so right. the gear is evolving uh clothing wise especially this this time for us but it has not reached bitter winter month uh gear yeah, yet. So, what, so so if you're gonna if you're getting ready to go out for a hike like what are you wearing right now you know if, th- sure. these, these days in the in the the 40s with that that are moist you mm-hmm. know what do you what are you putting on? Yeah. So generally wool socks. Um, if it's downpouring like it was today, rubber boots um, for sure. If not, just my six inch hikers, they're waterproof. But uh, if it's pouring, you know, I'd rather rather have the rubber boot for sure. Um, usually on a hike, I'm just doing one outer pant. If it's raining, I usually will put on like my wool uh, base layer too, just because if I am getting soaked, you know, I'd like to have uh, right. a little more warmth there. Uh, obviously, downpouring, I'm just gonna wear my rain gear, but you know that gets really bulky on a, on a hike as well. Like you, I, I like to move, you know, pretty quickly if right. I can. Adding the rain gear is fine if it's needed, but uh, then on the top. Uh, those merino poly merino wool lawn sleeves from Carhartt that I was wearing a lot last year. I have a bunch now and I've been cycling through those. And then over that, uh, I have that waffle hoodie. You guys have probably seen photos on my Instagram of me wearing it and that uh, tan one that I'm always wearing. It's from Mountain Ops. Uh, waffle hoodie, that's the next layer. And then 
hiking, you know, you maybe a vest and then an outer shell, like a soft shell or a rain jacket, depending on the weather. But if I were to be, I mean, in, in all honesty, the only thing that's really going to change about any of this, even for going into the woods mm-hmm. or what I would be doing fishing is in the woods, the outer layer system would be uh, just my super duck suit from Carhartt and uh, that's camouflage. But then I have that brown one, which a lot of people in, if you've seen my Instagram have seen me wear it, that I wear out lake when we go lake trout fishing and uh, when we were smallmouth fishing this time of year and even when I was out last weekend because it's just a good, you know, semi-waterproof uh, outer layer and it's warm and keeps you dry and definitely cuts all the wind without a doubt. Yep. Um, so I ended up getting two of those suits this year uh, because I have one that's dedicated to fishing and one to hunting, just smell purposes. And also yep. I got two, it's going to last me longer. Um, so yeah, and then fishing wise, uh, I usually will trade out the vest for a puffy jacket, depending on you know the temperature and the wind and everything as well. Uh, and then hunting wise, it... You know, I usually throw a wool sweater in somewhere in that mix as one layer because I'm going to layer up once I get into the stand or under the woods and your your goal, you're, you're stationary, you're not moving. So, right. you know, an extra layer or so goes a long ways. Uh, hand, handwear wise, not much while hiking or fishing usually uh, in the woods this time of year. I usually just have, I have a hand muff that I use. Mm -hmm. So it's just hard to beat that. And especially, you know, like you having gloves gets bulky and everything, you know, bow or rifle, what have you, muzzle loader. So you can just have your hands hot and ready to go. Good to go. Hats, JDO Lurico baseball cap, or Hmm. a wool beanie usually of some kind, or the Carhartt beanies as well. I wear, um, that pretty much cover, covers it all. Maybe maybe a balaclava if it's if it's starting to get yep. real bitter. But that that's even more reserved for I think once we get into the next stage of stage of things. But sitting in the woods for sure, I, I will put the balaclava in the mix happily. No doubt, I I have a a similar system, but I'll I'll uh, so this past week I was this is like Monday. I was sitting there like budgeting out my 20, like coming up with my 2024 budget. You know, I'm like looking at the week and I'm like, I got five days off. Like, how am I going to occupy myself? You know, aside from like going to the gym and stuff, I was like, yeah, let me do 2024 budgeting. And I started thinking about, okay, well, where do I spend my money in in different topics? And and so I, I was thinking about gear, clothing in particular, but also tackle. Um, and then the clothing, when I really think about it from a clothing perspective, there's two sets of clothes. There's what you wear in the summer and then there's everything else because what you wear in the summer is really shorts, t-shirt. You're not wearing that in other seasons. Sure. You can wear them on the fringes of seasons. I'm not talking like there's, I guess you could start with, with, with an entire layer system that goes with, uh, I'll I'll just call them outfits or, you know, I guess. Mm -hmm what's your generation calls them fits or whatever. But if you, uh, at least it's what my daughter calls them. Um, 
I like your fit, Dad. But the I look at like summer fits totally distinct, yeah. and then there's the rest of the year. That's how. Yeah. That's what I came up with this past week when I started thinking about it. That, that does uh, make sense because in spring, you know, winter, fall, you you might need all of that gear still. Right. You know, you're gonna face all sorts of different. Conditions. So so with with that in mind, I said, look, I'm gonna come up with five. Because I have five gym fits, shorts, t-shirt, like mm-hmm. that's strictly gym stuff. For I have five of those, no six of those, just shorts, t-shirt, socks. That's mm-hmm. it, all rolled up. I just pull it out of the drawer, put it on, I'm ready to go. I have six of those. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna have five non-summer fishing fits. Okay. And I'm gonna have five non-summer everyday wear uh like type of fits too okay um mainly like something that i would you know wear bowling or out to eat or whatever gotcha um but like what i'm wearing right now is part of my fishing fit like i could wear this in a coat anywhere it doesn't Mm -hmm. like you know i wouldn't necessarily wear it out to a restaurant yeah. But anyway, like I said, look, I'm just going to have 10, 10 outfits. That's it. And then I have my, my summer ones. But 10 outfits. And every one of these outfits is this. It's a pair of pants. It's a merino wool base layer. Or I'll just talk fishing outfits first. Okay. Right? Yep. Fishing outfits are, are a pair of pants, a merino wool base layer, a grid fleece mid layer, like the one I'm wearing now that comes at zip and comes all the way up to the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, a hoodie and some sort of uh, down puff um, coat, you know, or, or something or something with like pre off something that's mm-hmm. insulated, right? Mm-hmm. So pants, skin layer, mid layer, hoodie, and then coat, right? Now, the hoodie, I don't like to wear anything other than a hat. I, I've tried wearing beanies. I don't like shit covering my ears. I just, especially when I'm out in the boat, like I don't like it. It just gets too echoey, and I don't feel like I can hear people around me. And I always want a hat anyway to cover from this, like the to give me sunshade on sunny days. So I just, I, I rely on, now, like growing my hair longer in the wintertime and wearing a hood, um, you know, just so there's more insulation there and that keeps me more than warm. And then the coats that I'm wearing plus the hoodie is just enough because where you're going to lose heat is the back of your neck, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and on the top of your head if you're bald. So I just grow as much hair as I can and, and make sure the back of my neck is insulated. But out of when you think about those fits, you can take away from any one of them and i found like this hanger system where each fit fits on a on a, on a, a hanger system I'll, I'll have to show you this when we're done but each fit from pant base mid hoodie coat think about that like you could just wear the base and the hoodie yeah. and chill no mid because the, the most informal is is the mid layer the grid yeah but you can you can yeah, keep the base sure. layer and throw the hoodie on underneath, you know, one of those puff jackets and go and with a pair of you know regular pants and, and boots, yeah. you can go wherever you want. 
Yep. Wherever you want, all season. Yep. Like, and then the five. Very true. Very true. So then the 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 five everyday wear fits are pair of pants, either khakis or jeans. Then like a raglan T-shirt, like a three-quarter length, you know, uh, three-quarter sleeve T-shirt. A short sleeve button-up shirt, and uh, a outer layer, like either a uh, fleece or like something to wear on a cooler night, you know. So it's generally short sleeves plus. Uh, or something mid in lighter, cooler weather, mm-hmm. and then something heavy to wear on top if the season uh, necessitates it. Mm-hmm. That's it. But it's all broken down in my closet now, man. So all like, awesome. which goes to like the inventory point of like the reason why we're talking about gear is because what I was figuring out is I would uh, like what determines when I'm going to buy something new, like when it starts falling apart, or mm-hmm. and how do I know like what I like what I have on hand, you know, and I don't know for me, I mean, I did this for my entire adult life in the Marine Corps. Like for me, when it comes to inventorying stuff and and trying to make an assessment of what you have, you got to be able to see it. Like that sounds obvious, right? But you like, you should be looking for anomalies um, not be looking at chaos. Like your shit should be organized, and if something mm-hmm. isn't, then it, that's very easy to detect. Yeah, for sure. So, so you might say, like somebody might say to me, because I brought this this organization. My, I've showed this to my wife and my daughter, and they were just like, "Yeah, whatever, Dad." Like they weren't shocked by it at all. And uh, my wife's like, "Oh Jesus!" But I'm like, "Dude, I'm like, look." So I say to my daughter, like, if you could, if I gave you 15 of these or like that's five more than what i have if i give you 15 of these these setups bottom to top that's two weeks plus one of 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 outfits that you could like wear something totally distinct or or you could wear the complete thing for two weeks and then you could have like a hundred different variations of these things when you think about it it's just a different way to organize your clothing I was like, so if we went brand new 15 in your closet and set all that up, would you do it? And she was like, no. And I said, why? And she's like, because it just seems too boring. You know, like there's a, and I'm like, oh. So, you know, I, there's a, there's something to be said about my level of, uh, of attention to detail there, but and I, I I recognize that I'm I'm obsessive compulsive, but I, I but I will. So what I'm advocating for is you don't have to be as extreme as me, but when you think about the logic behind what what mm-hmm. I did, it's now like people think, well, that's just a very limited amount of clothing. Well, that's just for fishing outfits, including like, like each fishing outfit is mm-hmm. five pieces. So that's 25 articles of clothing just dedicated to fishing. I'll put throw the hat in there. So there's 30, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's not that it's not that it's uh, very little amounts of clothing. It's just it, because it's organized, it seems like you don't have a lot when you actually do. But at any given time, I can look and say, okay, these, my, this layer in this outfit's fucking getting loose uh, or, or is starting to fall apart. 
okay, I need one of these. And then I can place a bulk order of everything that I need, do inventories visually all the time. So now to, you mentioned earlier about uh, days like, or like what you wear in the most harsh conditions, like your, uh, that, those full Carhartt yeah, yeah. top to bottom uh, bib and coats. And that's where I also have a, a slight issue. Like when I, I used to go uh, matching bib and coat. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is that like the only time that I ever need to wear the coat, because think about how I just organized myself. All of those fishing fits have a coat as part of it. Mm-hmm. So, and most of those coats are they're just water resistant. They're not waterproof. Mm-hmm. So the only time that I'm ever going to wear a coat is if it's raining. Otherwise, I'm just wearing a bib over the existing coat. And I'm wearing the bib really to keep my to preserve my pants and uh, stay dry mm-hmm. when it's cold out. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. So a Gore-Tex bib, and you can, like, I, I like a Gore-Tex bib by itself. Like I own, you know, the Sims Guide uh, G3s. Mm-hmm. Those are nice. Gore-Tex solid. Um, you got to layer up underneath them, though. They're not going to keep you warm. They're going to mm-hmm. keep you totally dry, and they're going to keep the wind off of you, but they're not going to keep you warm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like to wear, like, so today it was highs in the upper 30s and, like, piss and rain back and forth. And Well, that's miserable. And the wind was blowing here and there. I was wearing a striker ice suit, which is totally waterproof. And under that striker ice suit, this is what I'm wearing right now is all I wore. A base, a mid, and a pair of pants. And uh, and I stayed totally dry and very, like, warmth never, was never even an issue. I I never even thought about it. And then the one other thing that you mentioned about uh, gear were, were, so boots, I'm always wearing muck boots out in the water. Um, it's either muck boots or flip flops. It's it's there's nothing there's mm-hmm. nothing in between. But on my hands, um, this time of year, I've been uh, I went through like my first you know seven years of guiding. I experimented with so many different variants of gloves, and uh, just trying to come up with the best glove program, and. Uh, I'm this year. I'm just trying my hardest to not wear gloves at all, to just go totally barehanded the whole time. I've worn them a couple of times, uh, just doing like long rides, like from the Lewiston Launch, like mm-hmm. down to the lake. If it's for sure. if it's freezing, I'll put the gloves on for the boat ride just to preserve my hands. Sometimes, but I haven't. You know, I've worn gloves to, like once or twice so far this this uh, season and I'm going to do my best to not wear them at all just to see if as long as you keep your core, as long as I keep my core warm, my hands should stay warm. But I like your idea of the, the hand muff, man. I've, I've never, uh, I've never owned one of those. Like most of the, like that striker ice suit and the Sims uh, guide their ice fishing suits, their insulated ones. Like those have built in, you know, like insulated mm-hmm. pockets that are 
that are great for it. But that, that's the one thing with those those Carhartt Superdux uh, jackets. The pockets are not lined at all, so it's like just this thin. Yeah. You know, like they should be that Sherpa lining or something. Yeah. You know, like so you have some more some more warmth there. But yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, because like I I can't, my hands are usually in my pockets this time of year when it's cold out, just to to keep them out of the elements mm -hmm. and. Uh, I mean, and that, that's, that makes a huge difference. Like if yeah. you were just constantly exposed, you'd totally lose, I totally would lose dexterity, but, but it does like towards the end of the day, they're, they're pretty beat up and, and hard to move. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so simplicity and seasonal gear stuff both together, man. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I, if you do this for a living, I don't know why you'd be organized anywhere differently other than, hey, that sounds boring. I, I need some chaos in my life. So, And if that's – like, there's something to be said about that, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know? that's true. There's something to be said about it. it it's like – to me, it's like I, I'd rather be doing other things with my time. Like, I was talking to my brother the other day, and he's like, dude – it took me 45 minutes to get out of my house the other day because I couldn't find socks. And I'm like, that's fucking crazy, man. You know, like, <laughs> I don't even good, understand good. how that's yeah. possible, you know, or I don't know what, where, like, I don't have my clothes are strewn all over my house in different locations. And then, like, it, putting, putting together an outfit to go out is like, I'm like, yeah, man, like, it's just shit like that, you know, or, or if, like, uh, I was, like, I was telling my, my daughter about, like, I taught her how to do her laundry. And I'm like, look, look at your laundry bin. If that thing gets past halfway, that means that it's time for you to do laundry. So you just, yeah, it sucks. Like it's nobody's stoked about, about doing it, but there's your visual cue. You go down, you dump it in the freaking, you, you just go through the routine. It's about an hour and a half routine. You're going to be just sitting there on your phone anyway. So just throw it in, bring My it up. Laundry's in at home right now. Yeah. Work. And then, you know, when you're done. Yeah. Fold it immediately and put it away. Yeah. But do you know how many people don't do that? Like, I would say, I'm venturing to say, dude, most people don't do that. Most people yeah. wait till their laundry piles up too high, like over, over it, and it starts collecting on the floor. And then they do it. And But guess what, people? As you know, when you wait that long, it takes forever to get your laundry done. So now it starts to, like, you have to dedicate a whole day to it instead of something that, that, that just occurs in the background. Yeah. And then it takes, cause then you got to fold it all afterwards. Yeah. And it's like, like I, I just look at my laundry bin and it's like the halfway point, halfway point, boom, that's the trigger. Just go do it. It happens in the background. Uh, it takes no time at all to fold and it's done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's done, but just, just doing little stuff like that. I, I think adding little, little pieces to your, your daily routine you know, helps to simplify things, makes you realize like where you're really spending your time and, you know, clothing and gear can just suck you in. You know? Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. And, and there's a, a point I wanted to make getting into the other uh, part of the gear side of things with more, you know, rod reel line. Right. Um, Looking back over, I did not fish much this year, so I will say, looking back, since we started this podcast at least, there have been two fishing rods that have gotten used on, I would say, almost every single outing. 
Right. And those were the seven foot two inch uh, medium light extra fast spinning rods with the third uh, three thousand size reel, ten or what I, I got from you the eight pound braid on one, fifteen pound braid on the other to whatever an eight and a ten pound leader. Man, it's just like. I, I, I was looking at all the rods the other day in the garage, and I'm like, I have used these two almost right. every single outing. Like, and that's for multiple species across the board, too. So it's like uh, I'm, I'm definitely seeing the pattern and the rhythm in there as well. And I'm going to soon be doing my own inventory as I've been doing, you know, constantly, but going through my gear and uh seeing what i want to sell you know trash donate what have you uh dispose of it properly and just start narrowing down because i understand now what like works for me around here and right. it does not matter that whoever is catching fish on xyz I wasn't able to figure out how they're doing it or whatever, right. but I can do it this way. So I just am going to get into that rhythm. There's no, no need to change that and uh, have the gear appropriate for it. And yeah, so I'm, I'm doing inventory on, on all the, all the gear again, but yeah, that, that was one of the big things that, you know, stuck out to me. It's like, wow, the, these two rods, you know, they're, they're getting all these. Yeah. I mean, dude, like that, it's, those are, unless you, when you start, accumulating rods you start accumulating rods when you get into trolling uh, when you get into trolling that's when you start needing a bunch of different stuff uh, and it doesn't have to be like a, a variety of things it's just quantities um but like those rods the rods that you mentioned like that's 90 percent of of the game around here like this year um for a long time i got rid of so when I, when I fish steelhead in the lower Niagara for my boat, um, I like to go as light as possible. So I use a 7.3 uh, extra super fast, like drop shot style rod. Uh, so really fast tip, but it's got, a, it's got a good bend, but it is uber light, uber sensitive. Um, and the thing does it, it's, it's, that's important because you're just kind of holding posture for a while and taking off of bottom. So you don't want yeah. too much weight. And I like a bait caster for it. Um, that's the only, like you could, I could totally get away with using spinning reels and the same rods uh, that like I could, that I would use for drop shotting out on Lake Erie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You could totally get away with doing that. Um, but I just like, the bait caster because it's easier for people to make line adjustments when you're in fast current. Yeah, a little micro. Yeah, you can do little little faster depth adjustments. But there are plenty of captains that use spinning reels down there. Yeah, I remember seeing you know? that when we were. So there. I just like it's easier to. I th I just see my clients get it faster mm -hmm. with a bait caster, and it and it definitely puts less strain on the wrist. Yeah, uh, it has faster pickup speeds. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but this year I actually added to the inventory mainly so <clears throat> for a while i got rid of crankbait rods for kings because like for two years i didn't even spend any time targeting them I'm like why do, why would i have these rods anymore so i got rid of them and then uh 
when I went and did that uh, setting up on, on that Lake Ontario tributary last year, I needed crankbait rods. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, I'll just get a couple crankbait rods. So I did. Uh, caught kings on them. They handled kings real well. And they're like a real whippy, like fast action rod, but they bend deep. They're, they got enough backbone to stop a king. Um, I'm like, oh, this, this is a great rod. So I just kept them in my boat. And uh, I was fishing the bar with them, and I needed something with a lot more backbone than what I use for smallmouth. Mm -hmm. um, so it's basically the same rod that I fish, that I use action-wise and everything that I use for smallmouth, except it's, it's just rated for, you know, bigger tackle. So it's, you know, it's a heavier action rod. I got you. And, yeah. uh, but it bends deep the same way, has the mm -hmm. same type mm -hmm. of action. It's just built for bigger game. Mm -hmm. And, uh, dude, I, we started catching Browns and Lakers on those things, and I was watching them bend over and just laughing and at how awesome that was. And I'm like, I got to get a third and a reel to go with it so clients can use these. Because I could totally like, – so those bait casters that I use to fish the lower Niagara with mm – -hmm. I could totally use those mm -hmm. out on Lake Ontario bouncing on the bar. could totally use them. They would be absolutely adequate for the cause. But, man, they ju just that when you're dragging bait around, they're like, I don't need a super fast tip like that. And, like, when you're dragging bait, there's just something so cool about that rod just getting fucking jacked over and, <laughs> and just bending deep. Yeah, it's so yeah. much fun to see. There's a time and a place for, like, like, you know, because finesse fishing is, you know, everything's tight, you know, and so it's, it's uh, like you're feeling that, that pull like all the way up your forearm and into your shoulder when you're fishing those broomstick rods, those, those super fast rods. That's cool. That's fun. Um, it is equally fun, in my opinion, sometimes even more fun when that rod will just zzz, just bend deep mm -hmm. and reels will mm -hmm. just start screaming. That shit's fun too. So, yeah, I, I, I'll go through phases like that where I'll be like, you know, I saw something really cool. Um, screw it. I'll spend, you know, a couple hundred bucks on it so my clients can have an interesting experience. And I'll, if it works and I do it for a while, then it stays in the inventory. But if I realize that it's it's not necessary and it's not actually providing any type of value add, then it'll, it'll go away. Off to yeah. Captain Bob's, it'll go. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was good. Yeah. For sure, uh, I like that, and I'm I'm looking forward to getting into a rhythm here coming soon with going through all of these different topics and uh, yeah, revisiting the gear is it's always a, always a good discussion about gear. I love oh. talking about it. Oh yeah, know, man. So. Yeah, and we'll start getting uh, more specific if people want about brands and things like that. For but sure. I'm I'm always apprehensive to start touting specific brands and stuff unless. Uh, you know, somebody's just wondering you know, specifically because, yeah. you know, nobody's paying, nobody's sponsoring us to do this podcast. You know, we're, we're sure. doing this on our own. So sure. talk Big Blue Arrow and concept more. People want to get more detailed. Let us know. For but, sure. Cool. All right. See you next All right, week. See you.